Welcome to Business News and Other Shit. I'm your host, Amr. Thank you so much for tuning in to a show that's been called The Perfect Listen for Busy Fifth Graders with ADD. I'm an entrepreneur and an aspiring stand-up comedian, improviser, and my favorite job, stay-at-home dad. In a previous life, I graduated from the University of Chicago, the Harvard of the Midwest, with an AB in economics. And after that, for 10 long years, I worked as an executive director for J.P. Morgan. Sold my soul. You may be asking why someone in their right mind with a wife and two kids would give up such a prestigious and profitable position to become a lowly comedian. And to that, I would say, uh, it's way more fun and maybe... Don't be such a jerk about it. Our goal with the show is to entertain you with funny stories, jokes, and one-liners about investing and business and money, and hopefully make you a stronger and more financially secure person. Basically, we want to help you increase the size of your backup stash. Backup stash being that secret stash of money that keeps you afloat after you tell that horrible boss to get the hell out of here, or you want to travel around Southeast Asia for the next six months. Join us every Thursday. We tell some funny stories, jokes, have a good old time, and you know what? Maybe learn a few important things. Welcome to Business News and Other Shit. I'm your host, Amr Abdullah, and uh, our guest today is Mike Abdel Sayed. Most importantly, a dear friend of mine, and very close second, a teacher of mine. Hello, everybody. Thanks, Mike, for coming on. Thank you. I'm yeah. very interested in seeing where, uh, where our conversations go today. Oh, yeah. We're going to go all yeah. up and down the alleys. I guess uh, I should slate myself more, like you were about to bring up. I'm a I, Northwestern University graduate yes. in economics, yes. and I happen to own my own business as well. Yes, yeah. and you guys might think, oh, is he a rocket scientist? Does he, is that what he is? Is he, is he? Does he run SpaceX? Heart surgery? Is that what you're thinking? Heart you're probably surgery? Thinking Maybe he runs his own clinic because he's got an economics degree, but no, this man runs his own theater business. Uh, improv comedy, which is professional adult pretend. Yes. Basically what that is. Great description. Yeah. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, Mike. Not only do you run uh, uh, an improv comedy school, in addition, you run an improv comedy theater. Actually, not even improv comedy, a, a comedy theater. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a, basically a membership-based institution. So, um, you know, if, especially if we're going into the econ of it, we're probably uh, doing something that's a little bit more unique than traditional theaters. Uh, we have more of a membership-based system where people are, are paying regularly for regular resources rather than something like classes where everything gets paid off at, at the beginning. Uh, and if you know more than anything, that's kind of the new millennial thing. Subscription. Uh, yeah, subscription-based services. Where do I yeah. start? <laughs> yeah. Netflix. Yeah. MoviePass, oh, which, God. by the way, is shit in its pants right now. I read a very interesting article as to why everyone's overreacting to that. Overreacting, yeah. yeah. And I definitely believed in it, you know, especially when they overreacted. I was like, uh, they might they might die because of the overreaction as opposed <laughs> to the substantive reasons why they might fail. But, How am yeah. I only going to watch three movies a month now? Yeah. <laughs> I was watching twice a day. Well, actually, once a day. Nothing. Well, apparently, they have a small part of their subscriber base that abuses the system considerably. Yes. yes. And for everyone else, nobody really, 85% aren't affected by any of the rules. <laughs> Chris, Chris our, our podcast producer, is the number one abuser. He started a Facebook group which has 40,000 members, and altogether those 40,000 members go every day to the theaters to watch a movie. So it's those 40,000 members that we're talking about yes. <laughs> that are causing you the problem. jerk-offs. <laughs> <laughs> you guys caused MoviePass to go bankrupt. Yeah. Actually, not bankrupt yet. They did borrow yeah. $5 million to keep themselves afloat. Yeah, and their business model is pretty solid, actually. Uh, it's <laughs> I agree. in its infancy, but they are the only ones that could 
you know, capitalize a large market of people who could be influenced by advertising for the next movie. And they've actually shown that, you know, they they could uh, gear somebody who's in that, you know, uh, deciding point uh for a movie uh they can just buy an image you know that person ends up making a choice because they were debating anyway because we all kind of debate when we go to the movie theaters yes absolutely so that's movie pass but you are not movie pass you are no uh one group mind yes that's the name of the improv comedy school yep. and you are uh, the comedy clubhouse yeah. here in chicago on north and ashland yep. that you also uh own and operate yeah that's the comedy space that, that we perform in. awesome and and what you all don't know again what you all what I love about Mike, not only is he the greatest, and I'm not, I'm not, okay, fine, I'm going to blow smoke up your ass, but uh, I've, I've had 40, I'd estimate 30 to 40 improv teachers here in Chicago at Second City, IO, Annoyance, Second City, Toronto, where I did conservatory. I've, I've had a lot. I've had 30 to 40 teachers, and um, you, you ever have those moments where you're like, your eyes are like this? You're like, oh, my God, they're blinking really hard and opening wide. You're like, I'm learning a lot here. <laughs> That was my four months with Mike yeah. back in March of 2017. Yeah. And his his system of getting people into those classes, learning, getting them out and into a team that regularly practices and performs. I, I learned and grew more in the last one year, in the last yeah. 12, well, it's been now 16 months, 17 months. I've learned more in those 16 months than I did in the five and a half years prior that I was studying improv. I think the economics of our system is is the biggest attribute. I think uh, what's amazing is that uh, the way our, our membership is set up, the the institution is, is incentivized to teach the person and keep them for as long as possible, mm. the better. Uh, if a system is based, say, on classes where all the income is essentially taken up front, then the institution has less incentive to keep that person around long term, you know, and to instead mm. cycle those classes. So uh, I love our business model because it's good for art. <laughs> love it. It is great for art. That is a rare true. find. That is true. Yeah. Wonderful. So, so let's um so let's so yeah so i i love having mike on as a guest thank you for coming mike no problem. um so so let's talk about what we going to talk about today sure. uh front page of many newspapers continues to grow we've been talking about it every week since it started uh, even before even before uh, the tweet the tweet that became a meme uh elon musk um his his quote unquote funding secured tweet that he banged out on his phone while driving to the airport in his Tesla X um, has thrown his complete, you know, his stock price into a tizzy, his company into a tizzy, his board into a tizzy. So we'll, you know, the New York Times interviewed him and it was not a great interview, uh, at least for the purpose of his stock price, it was not a great interview. Uh, so we'll, we'll discuss Elon and, you know, what that means for Tesla, America's largest car manufacturer. Uh, or, sorry, let me say most valuable car manufacturer. Is, not is that true that they are the largest car they, the manufacturer? The most valuable. Yeah, oh. they're, they're not oh. pumping out the most cars. Well, someone they, should check it right now just to make sure your statement is double true. Double check, yeah. Yeah, just because if the it, tweet came out this morning, it could Good point. A, Who knows, right? They were years. worth $70 billion at their peak. That was yeah. more expensive than GM and Ford. Yeah. And I think Daimler Chrysler. Oh no, they're German now. So yeah, GM and Ford is really who they're competing against. I mean, I think I think if anything, just in this day and age, it's. Uh, I think we're witnessing the first company that was 
built on the hype machine, the virality of the yes. ability to hype something up. Yes. We've seen it manifest itself in politics. We've seen it manifest itself in a bunch of different areas. Mm. And this time it was, you know, I think I can promise my way to a really yeah. big idea, a really big company. Yeah. Um, AKA promise my way to Mars. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, man, if, uh, uh, They'd stayed on course. We could be seeing something amazing, but yeah. I think we're seeing instead someone unravel. It's fizzling, absolutely. So we'll hit we'll hit Elon. Uh, then we'll talk about um, the trade war as that continues as as important business news. Um, you know, uh, uh, the U.S. is knee deep in talks with Mexico about to clinch a deal without Canada at the table. I think that's 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 basically NAFTA without Canada. Um, and there's impacts and consequences to that. That's a big deal. I mean, that's uh, interesting, too, because I think uh, Econ 101, anyone that's ever had to take a macroeconomics basic course tells you, you know, trade helps both parties when, when done appropriately. Yes. Um, I think the argument on one side is that it wasn't done appropriately, but, uh, I don't know, weighing to get out of certain things, you have to weigh against that potential loss and really uh justified exactly situation. exactly yeah, yeah you're so, saying you don't believe it's justified um yeah i mean you work out trade you don't end it you know um you, you negotiate and you don't necessarily uh, uh it's very interesting i hate to bring up a, a board game here but maybe there's some settlers of Catan play oh yeah um but you know if you ever play the game settlers of Catan, it's a very much a trade-based game mm-hmm. and it's about making positive relationships and at the same time sometimes you're going to make some negative relationships in order to appease another right. relationship so there's, right. there's balancing of all that stuff um, but really in no point point in time you know in that game uh, can you put a hard stance on I'm not going to trade you know you will lose the game because yes. someone else will trade with someone else exactly. and they will what a progress great in metaphor. the meantime yeah and so it's a basic game that teaches you it's not even a metaphor it's the right anal- analogous yeah, yeah. game that's if it was a point. closed system then yeah you might be right but it's not a closed system there's you know there's money left on the table and when there's money left on the table other countries are going to move in and, and do i mean even china's i mean what do they do they um because you know, they're a communist nation, they basically instructed all of their farmers, you know, to change their crops to soybean, and they right. can do that. They can massively right. change crazy. their direction. And I guess because there's another crop that the farmers were growing that is now cheaper to purchase and be imported, so they wow. made this massive shift in a very short wow. period of time in one farming season. Is that so, true? I didn't even know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So amazing. their response can be pretty. Yeah, they were. I mean, they we they were buying. Tons of soybeans yeah. from us. One in five Iowa farmers yeah. sells his soybeans to China. And that's also... That's a huge the, deal. Yeah, the other side of the coin of how quickly you know, a communist China can react. Right. You know, uh, on the other side, how quickly a, a capitalist system could right. pummel, could just plummet because of... Yeah, wow. one, one system that technically Nikon... You know, there isn't supposed to be. It's an invisible hand. You're not supposed to be messing right, with it. You right, know? And so, invisible yeah. <laughs> uh, and so we're seeing, yeah, here's what happens when you mess with it. Both sides get hurt pretty badly. Mm. You know? and, uh, That's trade. We'll get we'll get in a little bit more. Uh, the other, which will get us into politics, too. For sure, for sure. Our favorite uh, our favorite topic, Mr. Trump. Uh, tech stocks. So the, the, the drama continues with technology stocks, right? The big news last week was Alex Jones being pulled off of all the platforms. And shortly thereafter, becoming the number th- Alex Jones Info is becoming the number three app on the App Store. So YouTube pulling them off all their platforms, yeah. uh, Apple, Google, YouTube, didn't even not a chink in his armor. Did, yeah. Didn't even didn't even you know nothing. You know it was it was nothing. It was like just passing by. I have to admit, I definitely uh, you know 
hear a lot about Alex Jones. I haven't read or watched anything, oh. you know, that he's ever done. Not really. It's it's almost like, yeah, I understand Honey Boo Boo is out there and that people watch them. And I guess it's a popular thing for those people. But for me, <laughs> it doesn't appeal to me. <laughs> what's, what's a so, Honey Boo Boo? Yeah, isn't that, isn't that the, uh, you know, the little girl on a tbs show that's okay. you know there's a large real large and a large mom or something like that <laughs> isn't that or isn't that her name yeah that was just the big the big joke was that i guess they were i don't know i guess that they were like white trash-ish you know uh, and we got to watch it you know like it was, <laughs> i was like yeah that might be good for some people but i don't know if i'm you know so i hear about alex jones but um yeah not He's a, Sandy Hook was a hoax and I talk like this and, you know, who's trying to take me off? You know, that's kind of his, his, his energy. I know more about Alex Jones from the people that make fun of him. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, so these tech companies, right, are becoming the arbiters of the first amendment and Washington is not going to like that. And if they're not already constructing regulation against a lot of these tech companies, they already, they, they will be very soon because also. Apple became worth a trillion dollars with Google and Amazon close on its heels. Microsoft not far behind. These four companies alone are worth probably more than like, I don't know what the numbers are, but they're a huge chunk of the American economy. And so you got to think Congress does not, just like they broke up uh, Standard Oil and they broke up U.S. Steel, they're going to try and probably, I mean, maybe this is extreme, but they're going to try and break up or at least put a chokehold on you know some of these really big tech companies. I mean, how much does Trump bitch and moan about Jeff Bezos, right? I mean, he would love to get the FCC, the, who would it be? Uh, the Federal Trade, FTC. He'd try and get the FTC to basically break these guys up, you know? Amazon getting too big, whatever. So, I think know. that's, yeah, I mean, um, I just had this conversation with someone. Uber, you know, the, the taxi cab industry, uh, you know, they also talk about this idea of disrupting an industry. Right. And people have no idea that, you know, industry disruption means there are casualties where people literally die. Uh, and so it was kind of interesting to see what's happened to the taxi cab industry and, and almost the rest of the nation be like, yeah, but we're just going to look the other way. Uh, as, pe- yeah. as people die. Yeah, because it's kind of easier, you know, to just <laughs> order the car, you know. And so they kind of play oblivious to it. And I think the same thing's happening with Amazon. It's like we can tell there are so many, it's not even mom and pops. We're talking about major Toys R Us went down, yeah. you know, because of that. And it's wait, like, wait, wait, because of what? Because of Amazon, it was really easy. You think so? Oh, I think so, yeah. I, I mean, mean, they had an impact for sure. At, at the end of the day, anything that, you can find a model number on the only thing a store does allows you to look at it you know hold see it. if you hold it yeah. and then go order it on amazon <laughs> you know so we all kind of look the other way and because we're like yeah but it's it's kind of cheaper <laughs> they deliver in two hours now you know it's like really easy to do it um this is called creative destruction yeah it happened when the train was invented right everyone that owned a horse and carriage or was in the horse and carriage taxi business basically was successfully got washington if i don't know if people know this but shut down the railroad business for a while yeah because they said this thing is scaring women and children coming down with smoke coming out of it 
get these trains off the rails. And, and they did for a while. When, 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 you know, back in the day, you know, railroad stations, you know, and things, people would live in the town, you know, owned by the railroad. They'd be buying, you know, things that was owned by the railroad, the grocery store owned by the railroad. Like it was enslavement, you know, for a real long time back wow. in the day, you know, when, because these railroad companies got to be gargantuan, right. just absolutely way too huge. And so one of the things that were broken up, you know, back in the day, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, creative destruction, right? Yeah. The, the idea is you're creating Amazon while destructing retail, or you're creating displacing, Uber. disrupting. Yeah, creating Uber while destructing taxi business. Yeah. Creative and, destruction. And Uber will go down too. You know, so whoever wins the the you know uh, the, the self driving car race. Yeah, the autonomous yeah. car, right? Exactly. But I'll tell you, you know. The topic that probably, you know, is the most intriguing to me and probably runs through all of the, you know, lists that we just so far piled through mm. uh, is, is income inequality. Like that's that's the big mm. driving force of a major part uh, of all all the problems that we've got, you know, going on. There's a reason why Alex Jones is popular uh, because there's a lot of people who are desperate. That's, that's what's happening. The I agree. reason why crime is high, it's not because people like the risk or the thrill. You know, it's because they're they're getting Hungry. desperate. Yeah, there's a large group of people, and it's some of it is the desperation isn't. You know, I think when people think desperation, they think I can't afford the rent, and you know I can't pay the food. It, this this desperation is deeper than that. This right. is generational. This is you saw your grandparents not make it. Your parents worse off, and you're looking around and seeing I'm worse off than them. Right. The Right, way. going the wrong way. And there's exactly. no hope of it going the other way. You know, I read an interesting statistic, you know, back in, I think, in the 80s or 90s. Uh, you know, there's this a, is a statistic you read back in the 80s? Yeah, there, was a, there, there was a, a God study. God bless your memory. <laughs> <laughs> there was a study that was done and it basically said, you know, back in the late 80s, early 90s, there was a certain level of income inequality. Uh, and had that level of income inequality just been maintained, you know, the average salary per person, you know, today would be in the $90,000 wow. year age. And it makes sense. It means, you know, over the last 20 years, since we invented the internet, since we invented these technology things, you know, the society should have benefited. And that's how it benefited is everyone right. made more. Right. And imagine if you had 90,000, you probably spending for certain luxury items, you know, propelling certain companies to go even faster in technology right. because they're selling more. Things. Right. And so, but now look at where we're at. That means the income inequality, you know, has gotten that much worse. Wow. Uh, another study in 2008. Yeah, because people um, are still, they're not making 90. They're making 47 or 52 oh, or something, oh, right? Oh, God. Are you kidding me? It's in the wow. 20s. It's nothing. It got worse. No, no, not it, median income. It, um, 20s? No, I think it's... The poverty level is what is it? Oh, poverty level or something Yeah, like if you make that? 18 or yeah. less. Yeah, so... Medium income is above poverty. I've imagined it's above poverty. Level. It's above poverty, but I think it's <laughs> um, closer to 50, and it's yeah. been stuck at 50 for, like you said, decades. And that's even nonsense, too, because of the, the means by which they're calculating that. Ah, it's just not accurate or maybe, up-to-date right. anymore. Uh, you know, even certain things like, you know, the purchases of uh, internet access is not something that they calculate when it comes to expenses of CPI and things and how things are like hmm. this. Internet at this point is, is kind of starting to become like water. You know, it's, it's kind of like your utilities. Right. It's your electric. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, they did a study in 2008 and same thing. The, and, and you can even find this on YouTube. Just uh, look up a video called income inequality 2008. Um, but uh, the disparity in 2008, 
and the income inequality in America hadn't actually been seen since the pharaohs. The, dis, the, the, the difference between the top and the bottom and how many were in the base has not been seen since the pharaohs. <laughs> like, that is crazy. By the way, <laughs> in Mike's family, because he's Egyptian, they actually have records going back yeah, to the pharaohs. So I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm an the, expert. The, but the records aren't on Excel. They're on like this piece of stone and they're etched into it. <laughs> it says, you know, Pharaoh has, I don't know, 10 billion, uh, whatever it would be, gold coins. Yeah. And the average person has none. I mean, think about that society, for the most part, 99% of that society was for the work of one person. Yeah, and right. For one right. person's gain. Built these pyramids. seen that disparity that's uh, crazy. It just means that there's eight pharaohs just because the population's larger here in America than right. it was in Egypt. Back right, then. right, right. That's like, crazy. Eight pharaohs. Um, yeah, there's <laughs> basically that. that. Um, yeah, and that's dangerous. You know, Hell yeah, right. Dangerous. You're right. The, the, the theme going through all these is that income inequality. So I've got some radical ideas I'd love to run Let's by. Let's do it. To see how you, you feel about this. Okay, so I have a couple ways I think could equalize this income inequality, right? Do uh, tell. So here's here's one of them. I think generational wealth is a problem in America. It doesn't jive with the idea of a capitalist society that says every individual starts at zero and we build from there and the winners are the smartest, most effective you know, people. Generational wealth <laughs> skews that considerably. Of course. Of course. Uh, I don't know, hypothetically creating a present out of someone who can't spell. Let's just say, uh, for example, just hypothetically, you know, generational wealth could create these horrible misdistributions of wealth right. where the stupid have too much money. Right. Right? That right. could be a very dangerous, if not destabilizing, you know, situation, you know, if anyone's, you know, rich but and into... democracy, something like that would never happen here. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. Here's my first, um, here's my first idea of and so uh, this is a 100 percent uh, estate slash death tax so you are welcome to spend as much money as you want when you're alive mm -hmm. but when you die wow. none of it goes to your kids it all goes to the government now, wow. i know some of you are worried like oh my god i want to take care of my kids don't worry the government now has trillions right, of dollars right. to work no with one's to be make hungry. sure they're fully educated, you know, that they have all the basic resources and the floor to survive. This does yeah. assume the government knows how to handle that money. Yeah, it does assume that. Yeah, but here's what's probably going to happen instead. I'm probably not going to keep it. I don't want the government to handle the money. I'd rather spend it. Yes, that and is what so, <laughs> the consumption being the largest driving force wow. in America. You know, what you're going to turn into is a pure or, you know, society of consumers that lives by the idea that wow. you can't take it with you, you know. And so that probably is going to accelerate technology as we right. try to buy more TVs right. and companies have more money to work with right. and things like that. So a 100% estate tax. And philosophically, it works. It basically says, hey, you lived in a country that you had the right to do such things. In other countries, the system is so skewed you could die for doing something stupid, you know, or something that you would never think you could die for. But mm. someone could put you in jail for 40 years because of it. In Egypt, you know, you can be accused of uh, 
crime and mm-hmm. go to jail. But you, yeah. You'd sit for 30 years before trial. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yep. So the idea that you made this kind of money and had this wonderful lifestyle, in my opinion, is 100% dependent in the environment in which you're able to do that. You should be able to give that back right. dad, you know, right. to the society. And I think it jives with um, the spiritual beliefs that I have, which is like, yo, you can't take any of this money with you when you die. So instead of hoarding it and then building, 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 and then then your kids just get this big windfall, spend it while you're alive. That's going to create more blessing in your life because you're just you're making the flow of money and the velocity and what's of money crazy faster. Is you'll see them spending on their kids while they're alive instead. You know? right. <laughs> That's going right. to be the difference. Right. Is they're going to blow it? And, and right. the best part about that is that uh, a large sum of money doesn't get built up, and you know, money is a commodity. You know, think of it as replacing. Um, Rain back right. in the day it's, so it's just a tool it can't just sit in a place you know and mm. just sit 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 this mm. idea of a trickle down is is nonsense right you know to think that that's what's happening no it's not trickling down it's accumulating you know in accounts and numbers, right you know well, and, this is capitalism capital yeah. they want you to invest it in a company or whatnot and just yeah, yeah keep 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 getting it to be built. So wait, did you say you have two ideas for income inequality? Is that the first idea? Yeah. So I'm a big uh, believer in uh, eliminating the income tax and instead establishing a federal flat tax. So the idea of a federal Mm -hmm. flat sales tax is the idea behind it. Oh, um, so income tax gone altogether. Altogether. And instead a flat and you can use this in conjunction with the first idea or not. It exactly. doesn't matter to me. Um, but what a flat sales tax does uh, is it taxes the rich more, in my opinion, than the poor. When the rich go to buy a luxury vehicle, right. they're going to pay a higher tax amount on that right. luxury vehicle than a poor person. Um, now, the argument against that flat tax seems to be, well, you're taxing toilet paper. You're taxing you know, things that are you know uh, expensive for yeah. people that are in low low income situations and that's just in my opinion not true you text everybody it's the equivalent of arguing in a football game that one team has to play in the snow it's like actually the snow is on everybody so you know that toilet paper you're going to look at it and say, oh, it went from $2 to $3, which you're not going to realize is $3 now is the new two. It means two to you. It right. doesn't, it, you know, and nothing, what happened was you kept right. more money, you know, and didn't spend it in the form of income. And what this ends up doing is it taxes consumption. Yes. You know, it taxes the idea that you're enjoying your money, you know, and it, it rewards saving people right. who don't spend, which... I think is appropriate. If I'm an older person, you know, uh, or I'm trying to live off a retirement and I'm trying to save it, uh, I don't want you to tax my income. I don't want to tax right. on the work I do. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. I want you to tax on me spending it. The choice and, I make yeah, to buy. The, yeah. choice, the yeah. choices I make afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. The choices I make afterwards. <laughs> yeah. And then um, the beauty about that is, yeah, you'll have an IRS, but it's going to be so much smaller. We already have systems in place to do this. The state sales tax exists in most of course, states. Right. Yeah, so you already have that ability to co- collect that federal tax on the state level. Um, there's a ability to dodge those taxes like you would. Some people, cigarette taxes will dodge them across suburbs. But that stuff is minute compared mm. to 
the tax havens that are being created by the extremely wealthy, you know, in order to hide their income because income is being taxed. You know, you can right. throw something into a trust and it's no longer income. It's like, holy shit, like this is so many, you know, um, uh, uh, ways out for the rich that can hire the smart. You yes, know? exactly. The accountants so, and the lawyers to help yeah, them get out yeah. of it. Whereas a, a federal state sales, a federal sales tax is non-discerning. It is what it is. <laughs> it cannot be gamed. It's basically how, by the people consuming it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I see very clearly how the first one, 100% estate tax or death tax, will help reduce income inequality. Yeah. I see that clearly. I mean, it, it should. Of course. Eliminate it, I you know, it's a weird version it of a capitalist the- life, but a, a communist death. <laughs> it's- it's a weird version of a capitalist life, life. yes, during your life. And a, and a communist <laughs> death. communist <laughs> death. Yes. Yeah, you could be capitalist. You could be a capitalist. Tweet that. You could be a capitalist while you're alive. Basically, you die as a communist. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so, so I get that. I don't get how taxing consumption... Oh, well, okay. So if the rich buy their luxury items and they buy a Lexus and instead of paying 50, they pay 75... And if the tax is a percentage, they're going to pay more in actual dollars into the system when they go buy their million-dollar home. Oh, and it's a flat tax, like Uh, 10% or 20%. I mean, I imagine you'd start, uh, just like the income tax, you'd start in a place... And at that, and have some adjustments. So the sales Got tax, it. for example, is two percent on food. It's like, yeah, we don't need to tax food. Right. Yeah, like, right. uh, but yeah, some other items, right. even some other luxury items, might get taxed at a higher amount. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So, but it, it's it's coming through the, the sales tax system as opposed to the income tax. And so, system. of course, who would not want the death tax to be one hundred percent and the flat sales tax and remove the income tax would be the rich, the current rich. Yeah. And the current rich are pretty much those who have the power right now. It's interesting, though. There was a, I'm going to forget this billionaire's name. He wrote an article, I think it was four or five years ago. It was addressed to all the billionaires uh, that were out there. And he's the one that I noted that, you know, this disparity hasn't existed since the time of the pharaohs. Um, but his, his article was titled, The Pitchforks Are Coming. You know, it's a warning to all the billionaires. It says, never in the history of man has there ever been such a discrepancy in income. And in every situation that has come close, it did not end well for those people. You know, and we're not talking like they lost their money. He's insinuating they've lost their lives. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, and at some point it becomes that, you know, when, when people are starving, you know, they can take it when their kids are starving. Mm. They start to, you know, mm. they they start to right to get desperate, Damn. Yeah. right, yeah. and feel driven to do things that they normally would, would not would otherwise do. Look at look at Egypt and Tahrir Square and how they revolted. Yeah. I mean, yeah. th- these were eighty million hungry people. Yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so the elites have the power. So so let's let's keep going. That's income inequality. That was great. It's gonna be everywhere. So that's what I'm saying. That's gonna permeate a lot of our conversation. I think yeah, I agree. The last thing I'm gonna talk about is money. Anxiety, getting back to this topic that I've been touching upon, which is people's relationship with money and how huge amounts of anxiety come up for people when they're about to sign a check or withdraw money in their account or they get a bad review at their job. Uh, Money anxiety comes up and then behaviors result from there. And so I've been talking about how there are solutions to this 
And I think since the 2008 financial crisis, this has become a real thing in people's lives that most are not aware of. Um, but it's a real thing. And there are solutions to this money stress, this money anxiety. It's causing divorces. It's causing difficult conversations. It's causing um, addictions and so on and so forth. So we'll touch on that. So let's, let's, let's get back. So let's get back to some of our topics here. So Elon Musk. Elon Musk basically uh, 10 days ago tweeted – um, taking the company private, considering taking our company private, Tesla private, funding secured. Those two words were huge. They, they caused a whipsaw in the stock price. Immediately when he said funding secured, everyone assumed that a rich country like Saudi Arabia is going to just buy all the stock off of the stock market. I think they what, announced they invested in the competitor. Lucid? Today, yeah. they're, they're in talks to buy, with, to buy Lucid, exactly. Um, and so, so everyone thought that. So the stock goes straight up to 420, which is the stock price Elon quoted. Yeah. And for those of you, you know, who don't know or do know, you know, in the counterculture of of the world, 420 is uh, a symbol or a code for marijuana. Like 420. What's it? It's Hitler's birthday. It's also Hitler's birthday. Yeah. That I did not know. Yeah, that's what I thought. He was April 20. To. <laughs> Elon Musk. <laughs> I don't think he was referring to any or had any marijuana. You don't think so? No. He said it was twenty percent above the current stock price, which would have been four nineteen. He said rounded up to four twenty. Yeah. Okay, maybe that sounds about right. I mean, especially with the moving stock price, you know, depending on true. what he just rounded up to. That's it, true. Yeah, that it could be comfortably twenty percent. So now, the, so, so then, uh, the New York Times he he gave an interview to the New York Times for some reason. I don't know why he chose to do this. Um, his board of directors has been trying to get him to shut up, and he keeps talking. That seems to be happening a lot, right? What? <laughs> hey, Papa John, can you shut yeah, up? Totally. Yeah, totally. Like there's it, a lot of it, boards trying to get to their, my guess. They're crazy inventors. Here's <laughs> to the thing, right? When you up. have your phone in your hands, and you have a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand Twitter followers, and they're not in your face. It's yeah. an electronic mode. I think a part of a person's soul or spirit or whatever. Especially late at night yeah. when you're lonely, like you just start tweeting stuff to people a great to get South a reaction. Park episode uh, where they uh, Cartman walks around with the helmet. It's like a, taking Twitter to the idea where your thoughts are immediately projected. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I love that absurd because that's you know, right. unfortunately eventually going to happen. Right. At some point. So that that's that's I think that is, that is a big part of the story here is is Twitter and these high profile people are just you know tweeting. Away and it's having big impacts on other people's lives. I don't know why I felt like prior to Donald Trump, I was pretty sure Twitter was circling the drain. Like I was pretty Remember sure that? that they were having yeah. Yeah. some serious problems. Well, financially, still they are. Yeah. They don't. They don't have a method to make money right now. Yeah, but well, they but, apparently just turned profitable this year. They, yeah, they, 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 maybe. Um, but they're still struggling. This guy, Jack Dorsey, who's a CEO, they're still yeah. definitely struggling with, from a financial perspective, they, they, their business model does not look like yeah. Facebook or others. Um, you know, even LinkedIn and others, they're, they're doing great right now. Uh, they figured out the advertising part of it. Twitter hasn't quite got that yet, you know? So, so Twitter themselves are struggling. I mean, they, they, they're probably going to start making some money, but, but yeah, I thought they were dead too. And it just feels weird that they, they almost, it almost feels like they're harboring fugitives it's, and <laughs> they're like, Oh yeah, but it makes us money, you know? And they went, what's that? Yeah. Yeah, Twitter did not ban it. Everyone oh, banned Alex Jones ban except Alex except Jones. Well, actually, wait a minute. He did say something about um, 
telling his followers to go attack, time to attack. Yeah. He said something like that. And, uh, and so Twitter banned him for one week. Yeah. He's back on now. He got a one-week slap on the wrist. <laughs> you know, it's amazing how we get warped views of sort of how things went. Lot, lots of it based on the fact that we all lack a certain basic level of education. Uh, but the idea of, like, free speech has been warped, you know, to yes. I can say whatever I want, whenever Violent I want. Language, it's like, right. actually, you know, you can't approach a mother and a young child and start swearing at that but it's actually illegal to do that oh is that right oh yeah there are limited it's limitations to free speech everywhere you can't go up to a cop and say i'm gonna shoot you you know and not (laughs) expect some ramifications from that statement and you can't really hide behind free speech and say i'm allowed to say whatever i want um i mean you need permits just to you know, on the street to say, <laughs> you know, to, to protest and things like that. So I just think Twitter is sort of absolving themselves of it's the taxi cab all over again. Like, I know that, you know, right. a lot of people are getting hurt by this, you know, and that this has the potential to even create mass panic or mass, right. you know, I, I fear mass anything, any, you know. Um, I think it's in Men in Black. They say, you know, an individual is smart, but people are stupid. Yeah. <laughs> people in groups to me are very stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Mobs, so, that's why they use that yeah, word, mob, right? So mob mentality. I fear that. I definitely fear that, that virality. So Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, I think that's a big part of the story is is, is what these high-profile people – and really, it's, it's, it's honestly, Twitter is becoming more a high-profile person platform. A celebrity platform, a, a politician platform. It's like, yeah. you know, me and you using Twitter. I mean, uh, I, I think it's less impactful. But I think the celebrities who have hundreds of thousands of followers—that's where that's where it feels like it's a one-way street. Yeah, more so. Whereas Facebook, like, I will look at the photos my mom is posting because yeah, that's interesting. Interactor and game. Exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah. So now the question, yet right? Yet to have a Twitter account. I don't know if you. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I absolutely refuse. Wow. I I never told you this. I'm waiting for that company as well as Yelp to just go away and die. It's like Yelp's business plan was like, hey, we're going to use this to rate businesses. And then we're going to put ads of other businesses on those pages and make the small business (laughs) claim their page. It's like, oh, my God. They force you into advertising. Every small business can't stand this company. You know, yeah. and just the way that it feels like they're um, using uh, internet uh, extortion. <laughs> yes, yeah. they came to my dad's restaurant once, trying to yeah. trying to basically uh, twist our arms into advertising, yeah. and we said, "No, we're good. We don't want this. No, thanks. Yeah. No, no." They walk out. They leave the next day. Yeah. When I was walking in the, the the restaurant, I noticed a Yelp sticker on the door. I'm like, "They stuck that on there before they moved. They left." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they'll ignore. Do not call. You know, or do not contact oh, really? left they and right. Call? Oh, every week or two. If there's a bad review, they're going to call you and say, hey, did you know there's this bad review? Why don't you claim this page? You know, and that way you can control and report and things like that. And, of course, that costs money, you know. And um, it's, it's just weird. Like, uh, you go to our Comedy Clubhouse uh, Yelp page. And the first two reviews you'll see are for the Annoyance Theater and Laugh Out Loud but the way they embed those reviews, it looks like it's mine, you know, until you sort of click it. And then when you click it, it takes you to the other theater's yeah. page. And that's what's happening is the they're convincing you to claim your page and then advertise yourself on the competitor's pages. <laughs> like, that is so, it sounds to me like somebody bringing in a Burger King food cart in the middle of McDonald's. <laughs> is what that sounds I'm pushing it inside yeah. the door. <laughs> I'm going to try to get yeah, some, some Burger King. Oh, it's great. You're sold in the middle of 
So, so now I have a question, right, for Elon. It, so, so he gave an interview with the New York Times, and the, 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 the crux of the interview when, they walked, when the New York Times reporters walked away was like, oh, shit, we're concerned about this man's well-being. That was what they walked away with. Um, uh, some, of the, some, of their, some of their quotes were um, Elon saying, this has been the most painful year of my life. It's been actually excruciating. Elon said that. Um, they noticed him struggling to maintain composure. Composure is like calmness, right? It's like... Well, I think I told you this, is, is that I, I think he's on something, you know? I, I don't think you can maintain the speed of that lifestyle without mm. literally being on speed. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think he was mentioned Ambien, and, you know, I, I think that's to come down from something. He called, he, he's, he called, yeah, at one point in the interview, he said recreational drugs, not weed. And at another point, he said Ambien. Yeah. And so now there's questions, I think, is it more than ambient? I think it's... What does recreational drugs mean? I would assume marijuana and cocaine, right? Um, what's what that? Microdosing. Microdosing? Yeah, yeah maybe microdosing. Um, yeah, drugs. I mean, I, I run my own business. It's got a certain, you know, hectic nature to it. Um, and that's just to keep up with uh, the the speed in which the business is growing naturally. Mm. Mm. Now, his is growing unnaturally he's trying to blow something up it almost feels weird with tesla that he's trying to be the first to market to something that's already in the market you know like it's yeah it's electric cars by the time he's done you know he will have proven the concept for some other well-established company to replicate what he's doing right and that's it he would have spent the money to figure it out now the battery business that's a right. winner. That's I don't understand at. why he hasn't gone all in on this. Getting entire cities in Australia to be right. off the grid, that is unbelievable. Right, right. And it's a game changer. It means that you know uh, towns and cities could exist in places where they normally wouldn't be able to. Mm. You know, uh, and I don't know why he's not going all in on that. The battery business. Yeah, the solar to battery, you know, combination, you know, and then that, you know, I myself am waiting for that to come down for the comedy clubhouse. Yeah. In a heartbeat, we'll put a battery in the garage. Throw some solar panels on the roof. Exactly. Exactly. It's not even solar panels on the roof. I can, you know, store electricity at cheaper rates during the day and use the electricity when it's expensive. Exactly. And it's coming off. That's right. That's fantastic. That's right. It's a good point, just like that. Right. Yeah. Um, And a first to market, real first to market situation. No one's pulling that off. I agree. He 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 owns right. He started Solar City, and he has the battery technology down. But he's kind of ignored a lot of that and focused on Tesla and SpaceX, which are way more the promises to the the shareholders that have this exorbitant price attached to it. You know, Um, and I think there's something you know in Congress right now where they're trying to remove those quarterly you know, uh, reporting requirements that it's driving CEOs for yeah. short term and they're trying to make it a six semi-annual. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's some truth to that, you know, sure. that idea drives it. I think in Europe it's, uh, or Japan, Japan, I think is actually, I'm not sure somewhere in the world. It's once a year. Yeah. I just, it's weird to me. Um, I would think, uh, at a minimum you wouldn't tie, uh, compensation to a stock price you know that that's a pretty indirect way to profitability you know or profitability projections is a stock price um that so many things could affect that and that it opens the door to so much uh corruption you know mm. from the ceos the temptation is millions of dollars on swings um i mean what is uh, that 
with that Congress that just got busted for. Um, oh yeah, Chris Collins. Yeah, for for telling you know his family or something of a biotech thing that yep. was a failure. Yep. Uh, and they you know saved against a bunch of millions of dollars. I'm gonna stall right now because my partner dropped his microphone. My mic just dropped into my crotch. I'm gonna do the best I can not to draw attention. To it. <laughs> Success. <laughs> Success. No one noticed Success. it. Success. No one noticed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so that guy, Chris Collins, uh, exactly. Yeah. That you're the saying temptations too huge. It's the temptations you when you tie when you tie one sort of person's salary to the stock price. Yeah, temptations huge. Exactly. Yeah. That's I think what Elon struggled. The New York Times said he got choked up multiple times. Yeah, I mean that's a big deal for for a CEO to go publicly, and he knows his pay and his life basically is tied up with the stock price. Um, that's a huge, a huge thing to be. be I, I always am skeptical. It's a cry for help. I'm, I'm always skeptical on certain, you know, anytime there's a bold move, I'm always skeptical. So there's a part of me that thinks he made a huge mistake, you know, uh, on that 420 tweet. And there's a part of me that thinks, or he's a genius. You know, <laughs> like there's a part of me that thinks that. There's a part of me that thinks that breaking down in front of New York is like, ah, oh, that's, that's crazy. Like that's, or he's a genius. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, so where's the genius skeptical side to that? Well, He's one of those people that kind of like Trump enjoys a fan base yes. and they're loyal. Yes. So how did this appear to them? Well, I bet it humanized him mm. in front of those people, which those are kind of the people he needs right now. He's not, doesn't need the new people. He needs the current ones to hang on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that those orders, you know, Tesla's aren't getting pulled, wow. you know, that there's some humanity to it. Um, it is too weird that like, he, you know, the, um, the, the timeline was basically his, you know, he, he's the one who's put him, you know, put himself on this, this massive speed to get this to market at a yes, certain level. He did. Exactly. Yeah. And it's not like really, and he oversold it. That's yeah. probably what, what's he happening did. is that he needed to do that to get a lot of money, you know, that it had the money, the, the win had to be projected as coming sooner. Right. Um, and yeah, I think, uh, um, it could be a great company. But he's, so from he's, a fan base perspective, he may have increased his followers here. I think so. Wow. I think they humanized him. I mean, if you're with Tesla up until this point. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And he has, by the way, a certain level of genius. Like I said, he's, he's sure. you know, for all his misses, he's got some major hits, you know, and he's got some crazy to him, almost like the original Nikolai Tesla. Like, if you know, he's my, I look up to this guy. This is my, you know, the original Nikolai Tesla is uh, you know, you look back at him, he's responsible for everything. I don't know if anyone knows this, mm. but um, radio, AC current, wow. you know, this guy was a mad genius. Uh, not a lot of people know, but he, uh, Nikolai Tesla uh, almost blew uh, Denver, Colorado off the face of the planet. <laughs> yeah, he literally almost did this. And this is what he, he did. Um, he believed uh, in wireless electricity, which we are just getting to now. And he mm. conceived of it decades ago. Um, and he conceived of pushing electrons sort of um, like a swing set. And you could, you know, push and they can repel on the other side. And if you give them a little bit push at the top, it's kind of like giving a push at the peak of a swing set. And you can keep doing this and with just a little bit of energy, start to send electricity through huge long distances. Now, you can look this up. Uh, he instructed some, uh, you know, uh, reporters in the a in an Asian nation to go to a, a room 
that was uh, in the basement or something like that that had a single bulb sitting on a table. And he instructed them to be around that bulb at a specific time. He was going to light the bulb from Colorado. Right? So, and he did it. There's a picture here that shows him and he sent the electricity through the earth and was targeted enough to light this bulb in this room. Pretty freaking, you know, ridiculous wow. thing. And he, his last experiment, he was attempting to do this. And they later found out that had he been successful, he would have blown Colorado off of the face of the planet. He was sending huge amounts of electricity up and down through the earth, you know, in an attempt to do wireless technology for the whole, I think it was the whole city or something like that. And he almost blew it off the top. And the only thing that stopped him is he blew out all the generators in the state. They all just, the whole thing just shut down. What year is this? And this, you look it up, I have no idea. Probably this, 50 years ago. So there's a certain level of craziness to Nikolai Tesla because he was also um, a recluse. He lived in almost like a castle-like place by himself, you know, and didn't talk to his assistants. And, you know, but his stuff that was coming out of him was genius. And decades before his time, and, you know, Edison apparently screwed him and like, 30 different ways by taking credit for most of the oh, really? of, yeah, of our time. The radio, Look at that. AC current, all that stuff. The Prestige goes over all of that. The, What's that? The, the movie The Prestige. The movie The Prestige, yeah. yeah. Uh, it goes know. over a lot of that. I've got to see that. Uh, David Bowie plays Tesla. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Cool. David Bowie played Tesla. Uh, well, prestige. There you go. Got to watch it. So that's Elon Musk. So, so maybe there is genius in, in all that. Is the company going private? We don't know. In terms of buying the stock or selling the stock, I, I, I would say this. I would not buy or sell the stock. I would buy actually... It depends on how sophisticated the person is. If you're a stock guy... I'd be a day. I'd be day trading it, buying it and selling it, just watching the price day to day, watching the headlines. But if you're sophisticated, if you have a little more sophistication, you have comfort with options. I would be buying what's called volatility on Tesla stock. I think that's what you want to own, actually, because I think that's going to continue to be strong. And what that means basically is, you can, for example, um, buy a put and a call, same strike price, same maturity date of the options. And by buying the put and the call, it doesn't matter if the stock price goes up or down. You are immune from stock price going up and down. What you do want to go up is the volatility of the price of the stock. And you will make money that way by buying vol. So that's, that's one thing I'd recommend. Uh, let's move on. So, um, and, and yeah, let's move on. So um, we covered some of trade. Um, let's jump back into that. So the news is this. There's a bunch of news. Uh, one is China today, tomorrow, is meeting with uh, U.S. trade envoys. So there is now communication happening between China and the U.S. about trade. And at the same time, Trump again threatened uh, he's working on $200 billion of tariffs let's, against let's, China. Let's you know be real here. Uh, what's going to happen is this is not much of a war, you know, when it comes to the economics of both of these sides. You know, uh, the United States is, is far more impactful with what they can do uh, than than China. 
so to, that China can do to the U.S. So China's going to be their back to the wall. This is probably going to resolve itself rather quickly. They're probably going to cave to Trump and the USA's demands uh, because they don't have any other choice. I, I think they can react to a lot of things, but the numbers are too large in their favor, you know, if they don't concede. Right. Uh, so I don't think that's the fallout of this. I think the fallout, not to loop back to the game of Settlers of Catan, but it's not a trade in isolation. You have to now trade with other people after right. that, and now no one's going to trust you. You know, and that right. makes the game, if you play the game of Settlers, about near impossible to win because you need trade in order to progress. Right. Uh, you can't do without uh, having resources and things like that that are, are varied and diversified. Uh, so, yeah, I think, yeah, Trump's going to appear to be a winner here. And the, yeah, in the short in the, in short, the short term. term, and the ramifications aren't going to even come during his presidency. Right, it's more and it'll probably term. even be perceived and, to be and, the fault of that. Right, president. and by the way, China has been, you know, banging away contracts with other with other countries uh, with trade. Yeah. They're they're just they're they're I mean, on a big tour of Europe and other parts of the world trading. They're not going to be able to replace it. They're still going to have to cave, but. U.S. is going to lose too because in the meantime, yeah, China's going to you know diversify right. and find outlets. Um, this is sort of weird, but like, <laughs> you know, the first time your girlfriend says you, you, you know she wants to break up, you know, and then you kind of get back together and everything's okay, you know, whether we like it or not. In both circumstances, their eyes start to wander, you know, yeah, <laughs> after that first one, and so doom has already been spelled, yes. meaning they're going to cave and continue to diversify so that they're never exposed right. to that situation right. again. Exactly. So I think that's probably happen. the bigger, exactly. And I think we're seeing the same thing with Mexico and Canada. Right now, Canada is not even talking to the U.S. Mexico is about to sign with the U.S. Yeah. Um, um, a, tr a trade agreement. So funny enough, the, the country we want to build a wall against, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're signing a trade agreement with them. So, um, yeah, so, you know, there, there's this, the trade war continues, and I think, I think you're right, Mike, is there's a longer-term impact. The shorter-term is really the sh the shorter term impacts and consequences i think are more on american consumers today and tomorrow yeah. with a lot of the prices they're going to be paying over the near over the near future for a lot of these goods and services yeah. i it's mean it's already there's some companies that have been in, you yep. know, within months closed exactly. hundreds of you know, or, or employees moved. Exactly. already closed yeah, exactly so, davidson moving yep they moved to europe exactly so so that's trade so the last thing we'll talk about is technology um, and you know my concern has been this I've been saying lighten up on the big technology stocks. It makes sense to take some profits off the table. I'm not saying sell them all. I'm just saying uh, I think a ground shift, uh, some kind of um, you know bigger tectonic plates kind of thing is happening with with Apple, Google, Facebook, Amazon, um, and and that is, I believe Congress. And regulation is coming down the pike with Cambridge Analytica taking Alex Jones off, Russian hackers. Um, it, it's clear that these platforms for these tech companies are way too, like there's way too much freedom. Anyone can just go on them and do some major stuff. Um, so I, I think that security is an issue. In addition, the First Amendment, they literally are the arbiters of the First Amendment right now. Because so many people are on social media. And so I think the government is going to be 
you know, bringing regulation down the pike as well around that. And so I wouldn't want to be an owner of these stock companies, you know, these stocks when the big regulation is starting to choke their main business model. And that's the big question, right? It's about time. Um, if all things were to stay the same and nothing was to change this market, all of these stocks are phenomenal buys because, you know, the United States is going to become an oligopoly and it's only going to be owned by these four or five companies. Right. Uh, but history's kind of told us that that may not be the case, that right. politics are going to step in or Congress, you know, uh, um, litigate, uh, Congress in, in the House might step in and start to put these, yeah, antitrust and, yep. and kind of... Uh, Standard Oil, U.S. Steel, yeah. we've seen now, it before. Here's the trick is it's time, right? So... Is this going to happen tomorrow? No. no. You know, is it going to happen in the next couple of years? Mm, there might be a trickle, you know, coming in, but nothing's going to majorly undercut these tech stocks. Right. And then before you know it, money is going to get behind the lobbying side of this, and this is going to prolong this. Side. Yeah, for it could prolong this for decades. It could, right. Yeah. Um, right. And what, I mean, what is uh, the comparable AT&T, you know, Probably, that eventually yep. at the end of Bell. this, yeah, you're busting them up into a bunch of four or Baby five Bells. babies and eventually 20 years later, they all find themselves, you know, on the same company again, because right. I guess they all bought <laughs> each other back. Yeah. So that's going to keep happening. Um, you know, I, the, 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 the thing that I, I, I do wonder though, is might it happen faster given they're starting to take people like Alex Jones off? Like, like I would think Republicans are, well, I, I don't know. Now that he's got this, you know, he's, his app is number three on the Apple app list. Yeah, so maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe it I doesn't. don't see Twitter as a powerhouse financial tech company. Yeah, no. I mean, to me, it's, it's Apple, it's Facebook, it's Google. Uh, you know, that's it. You can, you, those are the three, those are the big boys and everyone is. is and Amazon. And, and Amazon. Sorry, did I mention Amazon? No, I Apple, I Facebook, Google, Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. yeah. So those are the big boys uh, to the point where every other company actually has huge dependencies on these four. Yes. Yeah. And Microsoft, right? Probably the fifth probably one. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> probably the other one. They're, 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 they're almost a trillion as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're pretty big too. Um, but yeah, so they're, they... They run the biggest email, yeah. corporate email servers in the world. Yeah. So, And at the same time, it's like, you know, do we as consumers like want Google to separate their email from their Android system? <laughs> No, no, please no, don't please. do that. You know, like, I don't know if I want that antitrust right. litigation. Right. You know, do I want Google to be a bunch of tiny Googles? No, you know, right. I just kind of want them to act responsibly because right. their size could help us. But the problem is, is companies historically at that position have never acted responsibly. No, you got way too much money. You yeah. start to behave way differently. So, I mean, I, I personally, I like, like my, I bought my dad Apple. I bought my dad a bunch of Apple stock back in 2000, yeah. way before the iPhone and everything else. And, uh, I bought him a bunch of other stuff. All those other things have done okay, but the Apple stock has like made his retirement basically. Wow. I mean, that's an overstatement, but he's done very well. Like he's so, like, I've been his favorite son for you know for like the last twenty years. Even though he still yells uh, at me for something, he's like a Palestinian Rottweiler. What do you want from me? Is an improviser uh, out in L.A. Heather Campbell. She's also. Her writer on a bunch of shows mm. um but it's uh it's funny she keeps posting about this but probably about eight nine ten years ago as a joke for one of the teams that that she was coaching you know she wanted them to pay her in bitcoin as a joke eight nine years like ago eight, nine years ago and i think she posted something recently and said you know i made twelve thousand dollars an hour you know coaching improv who says improv it was just an absurd number you know it's just because she got paid in like the tiniest tiniest of bitcoins back in the day so <laughs> great yeah. so yeah. yeah yeah apple and bitcoin just like that the rise yeah. so so i mean 
you know, I was telling my dad, like, Dad, I think you should take some chips off the table here with Apple. Like, they're a trillion-dollar company yeah. now, and you've done really well. And so I, when I realized I was saying that to him, I'm like, wait a minute. I do believe that. And so if, if, if I'm listening to this podcast, you know, I'd be thinking at least, like, should I take some chips off the table with some of these tech stocks I've done really, really well with? Because there's some signs of regulation possibly making sense for Congress to put in place. I mean, if Republicans feel like these liberal-leaning tech companies are at all putting their message at threat, you yeah. know they're going to bring the, 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 the regulation right away. I mean, I don't think anything drastic like, uh, you know, busting them up into, like, the, ba- the baby bells. I don't think that's going to happen. What's probably going to happen is they're going to get taxed heavily. You know, mm. And just the profitability of the company is going to go down. The society is going to take a cut, you know, in order how, to, how would they to re- tax, rectify. Yeah. They'd create, like, a social media tax or something like that? Yeah, I mean, there might be. Or just a company is, yeah, total tech company income. tax. Silicon Raise Valley. their income tax, you know, yeah. how much profit they make, that kind of thing. Well, but they would have to do that across all corporations, of course, right? Yeah, or large, you know. Just like that, almost like the head tax trying yeah, to pass they, they in can, Seattle, you know, on a federal level. It's was it called the head tax? Yeah, what in Seattle they tried uh, to tax uh, employees. I think with over a thousand employees or something, uh, uh, hundred twenty something per person, and I think it only affected Amazon. Like their number <laughs> was really just to tax they, Amazon no to try to that. cover the homeless and the you know the effects that they had. So I think right. that's what's going to end up happening is eventually like will inefficiently. <laughs> You know, <laughs> tax and use the money to rectify. All right. Well, I say, I say we. Uh, well, I was going to propose. You tell me, Mike. What you're going to propose? Oh my god! Oh my god! I didn't even expect this. Oh my god! 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 Oh god! It's a ring I made out of a gummy bear. Oh, it's an orange ring. It's an orange ring. Just orange gummy worm. That's how we met. And Mike, will you marry me? Oh my God! Oh, it's so beautiful. What is that? A is that a bag of them in your pocket? Uh, yeah, but you can't. Was there have a lot of these. them? Did you have a lot of them? Were you planning on? If the, it wasn't going to work with me, were you going to propose to somebody else? The, there, there is Chris sitting here, and I do have the hots for him you too. Orange ring slut. <laughs> how how dare you call me an orange ring you slut? slut? What? Who do you think you are? <laughs> you can take talking to me that stupid way. Orange ring. You can take this gummy bear. You can take this worms. You know what? You don't deserve me. You can take this watermelon sour patch. I'm too good for you. I'm going to take my high fructose corn syrup worms and get the hell out of here. I hope your Snickers, by that I mean satisfied. (laughs) Well, thanks everyone for listening. This was Business News and Other Shit. We had Mike Abdelsayed. Thanks for being with us, Mike. From the Comedy Clubhouse and One Group Mind. Um, That was episode six. See you all next time. Thank you. Disclaimer. I do not provide personal investment advice, and I am not a qualified licensed investment advisor. I am an amateur investor. All information found here, including any ideas, opinions, views, predictions, forecasts, commentaries, suggestions, or stock picks expressed or implied herein are for informational, entertainment, or educational purposes only and should not be construed as personal investment advice. While the information provided is believed to be accurate, it may include errors or inaccuracies. I will not and cannot be held liable for any actions you take as a result of anything you read, hear, or see here. Conduct your own due diligence, consult a licensed financial advisor or broker before making any and all investment decisions. Any investments, trades, speculations, or decisions made on the basis of any information found on this show, expressed or implied herein, are committed at your own risk, financial or otherwise. Business news and other shit. 
hereafter known as BNOS, reflects my own views, ideas, and opinions. It is not a production of my employer, nor is it affiliated with any, bro any broker, dealer, or registered investment advisor. No representations or warranties are made with respect to the accuracy or completeness of the content of this entire show, including any links to other sites. The links provided are maintained by their respective organizations, and they are solely responsible for their content. All information presented here is provided as is, without warranty of any kind, expressed or implied. From time to time, I may include affiliate links and advertisements on BNOS that result in my receiving a payment should a visitor click on the link or sign up to a service as per established in their practice. Readers are entirely responsible for any actions they take as a result of reading or clicking on links on the site and are urged to read the small print. Sound fair enough? Then please subscribe to BNOS. It's free via RSS or email.